Well, this one's going to be pretty quick. It's a casino. Commonly uh, mis... I absolutely believe misunderstood. So, long story short, it's from the Missidi... <laughs> Visidi... Uh, Visidi Maga. Uh, it's uh, got a lot of uh, Mahayanan influence, uh, Abhidharma influence. But I just finished reading a uh, Bhikkhu or Bhante throw a lot of shade at it, saying that they misunderstood what dhyana and jhana was. So I go to the Visidimoga, and I don't see that at all. In fact, I don't see where kasina means what any of them seem to think it means, even the practitioners. Because right? if I go and look, kasina, common translation is the object of meditation, but more importantly, when I go and read the Visiddhimugga, which for everybody is available to read. You'll clearly see what it's talking about. So, when, and they even say this, when they've given away everything, what do you have left? So they created this little uh, dish or tray so they can have a little fire on it and they can use that as their object. But it does also explain that pretty much anything can be your object. So you hold this thing in your mind. Why? Because... Uh, if you think about it, it even teaches you that this ear consciousness, nose consciousness, the five uh, sense doors, it just leads to us um, what they call the mind door or the mind only. So if you are looking at this little casino, your object of meditation, but in this case, in the Visiddhimugga is also, uh, say, a little fire, for example, um, you're not going to hold the actual fire in your mind because, again, the sutta actually says you can't because you're going to see the flaws. But when you place that object in your mind, not only can you not be distracted and truly use that as an object of insight, concentration, but you're also dealing with is the only thing you're able to re um, to relate with directly because the five doors uh, is a second-hand experience right because you'll touch something experience it with your hands and then you'll have that vedana chitta the consciousness of you know sensation of touch feeling but neither here nor there the idea is to just get anything a casino an object Focused in the mind. They call it the, uh, the counter sign. And what that means is it's not the object itself. You're not trying to focus on the object itself. You're actually getting that object in mind. And it wholly does say, what are you doing with it? You're not being fixated by the object itself and reinforcing that it exists outside of your mind-only perceptions. You're just thinking about the mind-only perception aspect, and you're using its dependent origination as not only your insight, but that's what's going to give you that um, a kick to the jhana, is what the Vasudhimaga is talking about. So you use this object as kasina, 
as your uh, object of focus, of meditation. Then you lock it in your mind. That becomes your counter sign. And that becomes your object of meditation. And through that, you see how not only are all objects dependent of, uh, you know, dependent upon, well, geez, arguably endless little things, so therefore are empty of any inherent existence. But in fact, you're seeing that you don't interact firsthand. You're almost like a, a voyeur for the five-door uh, of the senses, including your consciousness. Because, as they've always said, and I recently just talked about, the difference between anhata and hata, ahata. The, the silent voice is the non-existent self. So yeah, the chair exists, I can touch it, but I don't experience it that first hand. So once again, the casina is any object of meditation. But again, what is, when we drop down a little further, ka-sina. It's actually uh, what you use to cultivate, believe it or not. And uh, if we translate, where is it here? Let me just go back a little further in the Vasudhimaga. I'm actually uh, chapter 4, the Earth Casina. And if you look at the title, it tells you everything you need to know. It's uh, Patava, Pat, Patavi Casina Nidesa. Uh, Nidesa, we've already translated, because um, you go backwards. Nidesa is the description or an analytical explanation. So we're giving the explanation to Casina, as I said, is the object of meditation, but you break Casina down. Ka uh, is uh, that which is Sina, um, the cultivation or the act of cultivation. And Patavi, believe it or not, breaks down to uh, Tavi. Hold on here. Tavi in Pali uh, is praised or extolled. So pa meaning the ultimate or, you know, absolutely this should be uh, praised uh, or um, uh, an example to be followed, right? So again, that's the earth casina. The simple teachings of um, we're not going to sit there and stare at the wall like they uh, attribute to Bodhidharma. Uh, I'd actually argue what they mean is the gentleman lived as simple as possible, being present and aware, therefore as if one were sitting, staring at a cave wall for nine years. And that's what we're talking about here. Casina is your object of meditation. Meditation is jhana, jhana, uh, mind training. So the object of your mind training in this case can be anything. But think about it. If you're a monk 2,500 years ago, you have very little. So it actually teaches you how to create your little, uh, little clay disc that you can have a little fire on, that you can sit and stare at. And when you get the actual picture of that object fixated in the brain, you can then use... Dependent origination and emptiness, along with, as it says many times, both, um, you got to have a balanced approach to this. So it's 
calmness, shamatha, and insight, uh, vipassana, you use those two practices along with the dependent origination, truth of all things, impermanent, the not-self, it all flows back together. But Kasina is not some weird little practice of hallucinations and getting some sort of major um, uh, achievement from it. No. It's simply, hey, you got nothing else going on, so why don't you create a little clay disc? You have a little fire on top of it. You can stare at that, just not too intensely. But once you lock that in your brain, you can go off to your little corner somewhere and you can spend the evening meditating on the dependent origination. And I've said this before, fire is a perfect example because with, without adequate fuel and air, it isn't going to survive. So right within this object, we can see dependent origination. But Cassina practice is to teach us that the object itself shouldn't be the meditation. The mind training comes from realizing that the only object that we interact with are these born-of-mind creations. When you perceive an object you're perceiving a very flawed, right, from your perspective. If you use that existing object as your focus, you're going to see possibly the flaws or you're going to reinforce the, uh, the error. That is, your perception is the ultimate reality. By using this object's image, you can actually eliminate any of those sense door misperceptions. And the idea is, again, you're eliminating uh, any of the fetters and any other outflows because your entire focus should be upon... Uh, this idea. But at this point, that counter sign is wholly the mind created um, object, right? So it's not the object itself, it's the perception. How far away am I? How does it smell? How did it taste? How did it feel? What it color? What did it, what it look like? Right? But it explains this. You need to eliminate those sorts of perceptions because, again, we've talked about this. If you are colorblind, uh, color is very subjective. So the idea here is to eliminate the object itself, its um, you know, individual aspects, and just think of the countersign itself. The, the fact that I don't experience the uh, candle flame or the light or the fire or the chair or my environment, I don't experience that firsthand. What I get is a secondhand um, impression. And so your idea is to use this countersign 
the casino practice is to think upon the dependent origination of the perception itself, right? The dependent origination of these chittas, which is simply a Pali word for mind or consciousness. And it's that idea of my relationship to everything around me. I know, it's weird. It's weird that they've maybe missed it this much. And they think it's, well, to look at something and then start, you know, hallucinating. And that's what gets them to these further jhanas. It is in a sense. Because the idea is to use all experience as a, a teaching lesson. Like, a, you know, a learning lesson. So... Remembering that all of our perceptions, all of our volitions, like when you sit down and you think about, you know, what was last night like? And, you know, I mean, I had a nice chat with so-and-so. But he must think, you know, oh, I'm kind of a bit of a, you know, uh, I talk a little much or, you know, maybe I was a little loud or, you know. Um, that's all mental creations, arguably hallucinations. Same as when someone sits down and they talk about them and they reach the third or the fourth or the fifth jhana. I mean, even if you are achieving this special um, level of attainment when it comes to meditation and insight, uh, awakening, even if you are, it's all a hallucination because it's all born of the mind. Sometimes that simple point seems to be lost on most. Right? So here we see a perfect example of it's kind of the opposite. When meditation should be as simple as just calm down, chill out. Think about how dependent everything within our universe is, how our self um, impacts our perception of all things. Arguably, as I've said before, it's our number one enemy when it comes to this realization. But here we have a word, like I said before, iddi. I mean, uh, iddipada would be the word for supernatural powers. But again, I argue it's extraordinary powers. So same as kasina. It's not an idea of, oh, I'm going to have magical powers from these hallucinations I'm going to have. Is no. You need to sit back and realize that all objects may or may not exist. There's your tetralemma again. It even says it was in the Visita Muga. You have to understand that uh, nothing exists, you know, uh, permanently, but that also has to do with, um, you know, its existence itself, right? The Schrodinger cat idea for a Westerner, right? At once it exists and it doesn't exist, right? Because we can't know. Because the main truth to it is we never interact directly with our external environment. We're actually um, interacting with our own mind, which itself is a construct, which we use, again, <laughs> uh, to make our way within the phenomenal world, but it's born of the aggregates from this phenomenal world. Right? So, again, that's simply what casino practice is. Right? Wrap it all up. The too long didn't read here. Casino practice is you have nothing in this world, so just create something that you're going to use specifically as your object of meditation. 
doesn't matter really what it is. But in their case, they said, hey, why don't you just create a little uh, dish and uh, start a nice little fire? Because, again, you can do that at night. You don't have any electric light. You know, hey, kind of hard to do your sutra studies, right? Use that as your object of meditation. But, again, it's not the plate or the bowl. It's when you lock in your mind-created perception, that chitta that is born of what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel, and, you know, your consciousness as that fifth door. Right? Those sense perceptions, concentrations, are not your object of meditation. It's actually that mind door, that silent sound, Right? Not the audible sound, not nananhata, not sound, not music, not voices, not others, not things, but it's, it's the, the reactions that it produces within, be it right, feelings, senses, volition, opinions, aversions, attachments, ignorance. It's. It doesn't really matter what it is. The object is, like I said before, use dependent origination and the emptiness of not the object itself. I commonly even make the mistake myself. You can't really use dependent origination on the object itself because we can't perceive the object directly. Right. So casina is to use that mind-created object as our focus, the object of meditation. And we use dependent origination to see that that mind-created object, obviously, is very impermanent, and dependent origination is pretty obvious. But it's that awakening, that realizing that the only thing we deal with is the mind-born object, not the object itself. That's that countersign, that's that epiphany that they talk about that leads you to the first jhana. As simple as that. Right. My take.